For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it must be Monday and we're back and better than ever. I'm Jack Farmer and this is the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw After Show and I'm joined by the men I consider the titan towers of wrestling news and reviews, Justin Labar and Raj Geary. Fellas, what have you guys been up to this week? Uh, with me, I had a friend in from out of town, so uh, my old high school buddy. So that was it was it was cool seeing him. And but now I'm a little beat. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, three hours of raw can be tough. But I will say this: I thought uh, they did a a good job tonight of having some matches have stakes and things like that. I've yeah. been strategizing and training for my return to the ring, as I said last week. I made the announcement: July 9th, the return of the Justin Labar business. Managing Spencer Slade to the ring, main event opportunity up against Big Cass, Ross Draper, Pennsylvania, July 9th. That's Go coming up quick. That's coming, it's coming up fast. It's coming up, up against Big Cass. Yeah, talk about having uh, needing all the strategizing you can you can get your hands on. But uh, good move having you at ringside. That's going to help things out a bit. Uh, you this can't week, teach that. <laughs> this weekend, uh, Raj, that's kind of like you had family over, which is always fun, but definitely leaves you a little bit drained, wishing you had another weekend to recover from the family being over. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we were we played golf one day. So, you know, just being out in the sun all day just kind of you know, wears you out. But uh, still, you, just good times. What did you shoot, Raj? Gosh, it was like a 106. Oh, okay, you can golf with me. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty bad. Um, I, I don't golf often enough to know what I would typically hit, but it's probably not as good as that. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I do my best. That's what, that's what I bring to the yeah. golf course. It's just a way to get out. Yeah. It's something to do. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good times. And as you guys mentioned, uh, before we get into the show, uh, overall thoughts as we kind of let people sort of settle in and find their seats and, uh, Join us here in the live chat. By the way, shout out to Joseph Boza, Rocky, Michael, Nathan, uh, everyone who's here already. But uh, just kind of overall thoughts of Raw. I'll, I'll just start. I'll be honest. I know this is kind of a broken record. I thought this was actually a really good episode of, of Raw, especially compared to the final or previous weeks. And knowing that we're kind of waiting for live crowds. I thought they delivered tonight, though. What would you guys think? Justin, we'll start with you. Yeah, the fact that we, you know, there's two more roles in the Thunderdome, I believe, uh, still to go. The fact that they kind of have like an end in sight to the pandemic era of programming is both a blessing and a curse. It's, it's a blessing in the sense of, again, th that we're seeing more movement, I think, now in these last few weeks of Raw because they have destinations to get to with these characters, with these storylines. But it also is just that much more painful because there's still some things where, you know, they're kind of phoning it in and they're like, all right, let's just get, you know, we got to, oh, we got to book 15 more segments this week. You know, <laughs> it, it, you know, so there's some things that are just, you just, I, there's not like, yeah, broken record, you know, but this, this week and last week, better Raws than some of the previous before them that were finally starting to get some substance. Yeah. Yeah. Raj, what do you think? Yeah. I liked it. It had you guessing. Um, 
you know, I like that they did the the battle royal at the beginning. Um, with Orton, I don't know what's, uh, what the deal was with Orton tonight. If it was just a, a creative storyline wait and he wasn't really out or if he, you know, legitimately is out for some reason. But I thought the way they handled it was creative with having the battle royal and uh, that match at the end. So, um, yeah, I thought okay. it was – what's that, Justin? Where, where was Lashley? Yeah, that kind of that made me wonder too that both of them were away this week. Yeah, but they already announced Lashley back for next week. So, um, I was wondering if maybe this was kind of a little maybe they gave him a week off knowing they're going on tour soon and, and going to be on the road again soon, and sort of said, "Hey, take this one off, Go, stay, you know, see the family one last time before you hit the road again." <laughs> well, I actually like when the top top stars they don't need to be on every week. It, it makes their appearances more special. I mean, when you're when you're not at the top, you know, you want to be out there as much as you can, but. Yeah, once you're in, you know, the the spot that Lashley's in, it, it less is more sometimes. I mean, if he's not really doing anything this week, then it's it's better that he's not there. I agree with that, especially a week prior. We saw him in two Hell in a Cell matches in 24 hours. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. this could be just a week off for having to do two Hell in a Cell matches back to back. Right, which if that doesn't earn you a week off, I don't know what will. And uh, speaking of which, you know, that that segment with MVP and Kofi was just, I thought, outstanding. I really like this Kofi, this more serious side. Um, you just take him more seriously as a threat because everyone knows Lashley's winning this match. But, uh, or at least I think, I think everyone does. Well, but, uh, well, we'll talk about that because I definitely have some thoughts on that whole thing. But before we get into the actual show itself, there was some news that kind of cropped up. And uh, it seems like there's some scouting for future call-ups going on. Uh, we've got a couple of news stories this week that sort of go hand in hand. Uh, first off, Karrion Cross, Bronson Reed, Scarlett, and Shotzi Blackheart were all at a recent Raw and SmackDown shows uh, for dark matches and WWE main event tapings. Uh, so that officials could get a better look at them for potential call-ups. Fightful Select is reporting that this was part of a major scouting effort to bring talent to the main roster. Uh, Cross has been brought in for three straight weeks for a dark match against Ziggler, a main event taping beating Shelton Benjamin, and then another dark match against Slapjack. Reed, on the other hand, a dark match against Robert Roode, and then beat Drew Gulak in a main event taping. Uh, And Scarlett and Shotzi wrestled each other in a dark match at SmackDown. Uh, there's no word as of uh, my understanding of who won the dark matches just yet. Uh, but the other big news that really kind of stands out is there's been major names like Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis uh, watching matches at the PC, along with other names there. But uh, now the word on the street is Vince McMahon himself is scheduled to be there on Thursday. No word yet on who will be called up, but it's believed to be happening at the draft on August 30th on Raw. Uh, Justin, let's start with you. Uh, any kind of thoughts on this news happening? Yeah, there's a lot to take from this. First off, we, you know, the Performance Center has been around for over six years, and uh, I can't recall too often Raj would have the best inventory uh, memory that, uh, out of all three of us. We don't often hear of, of it being a story, at least, that Vince is going to the PC. Uh, right. there hasn't, there's not ever been a lot of photos that's ever leaked of him there. Not a lot of ever documentary behind the scenes. WWE 24 footage of him there. I'm sure he has been there. I'm not trying to insinuate this right. is his first time. But we don't often talk or hear about this. So that's interesting. It certainly has that feeling of like um, uh, the, 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 the principal showing up. Let's everybody get in their seats. Uh, you know, let's, let's, make sure we're, let's make sure we're quiet doing our, doing our work. Um, I mean, I don't know, Raj. I mean, like on the one hand, it's like there's a sense of excitement of like, yeah, there certainly needs to 
investment in the future. You know, how many Mania main events do we go through every year and go, no new stars are being made. It's it's, it's part timers, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean, I guess it's exciting to think that the carrying crosses. Uh, and, and, and Bronson Reeds of the world are being looked at as potential. Okay, like we need to invest in the future, and the future is now, truly. But at the same point, how do we not get nervous and just go, what seems like such a good thing in NXT, and let, let's just follow that same path? Uh, it just feels like it could be blown up and turned into something completely different. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that over and over in the past where you see p- talent in NXT, and once they get called up, you know, they get watered down and, uh, you know, kind of never really reach the heights that they were in NXT. Now, now there is an exception, and that is when you get bigger guys, like bigger, you know, buff guys. Like Lars Sullivan, you saw that they really wanted to to push him hard when he came in. Um, you know, Drew McIntyre wasn't there for long because, you know, once they got a look at him, you know, I, I even said it back then. I'm like, once Vince sees this Drew, he's going to want him on the main roster at ASAP and, and he was fast-tracked pretty quick. And so I, I kind of put Karrion Cross in that boat. He's got that look that, you know, Vince has always kind of gravitated to and pushed. So, I could, you know, he's one I could see getting a, a decent shot. But they need that fresh blood. I mean, they did this before when they, they had the McMahon family come out and, you know, say they, they're sorry and the fans are in charge. And then they were running vignettes for Nikki Cross and EC3, Lars, and Heavy Machinery. And... You know, where where were all those guys a year later? So, we'll where, see. Where are they at now? EC3's right, right. gone. Well, except for Nikki Cross. <laughs> Nikki Cross is a superhero. Heavy machinery is no more. I mean, like, right. You know. Yeah, it's anytime someone gets called up, I always say, because a lot of times we're like, oh, this person's so good in NXT. I always say, once they get called up, it's like they went to a totally different company. And nothing that happened in NXT necessarily matters you know it's a totally different ball game and uh for better or worse and so it's always a little bit nerve-wracking when your favorite gets called up because you just don't know what that really means uh Mm -hmm. for that person and so you know i i hope i always hope for good things so if that's what's happening with these i like all the names listed on there so i hope good things happen to all of them but uh yeah we'll see but you're right just just to your point i don't know if i've ever heard of him going uh vincent man going to the performance center uh at least not to specifically track down talent so that's right. very interesting to see because weird because i know the you know you've heard the, the rock was at the performance center before you know his his daughter's there but i've never heard of vince but i'm and again i know he i'm sure he's been there but you never hear of him making trips there no rock's been there right. you know taker's been there to, yeah. to help teach i mean you know there's there's a, there's a camera there so they can watch from titan towers and stanford live you know the, the training going on in the ring so this yeah this i mean this definitely catches the attention of you know what i mean wow he's making a point to does that make it a bigger deal when they come up? So say like they do call Karrion Cross up. If it's like, hey, Vince McMahon himself scouted this guy and brought him up, doesn't that kind of give him a little bit more of a of an edge as opposed to a, with all due respect, like an EC3 who just sort of gets a vignette and says he's debuting? I almost wonder if it's one of those things where, because Vince doesn't watch NXT. I mean, that's been mm-hmm. pretty clear. I wonder if it's one of those things where he just wants to firsthand look at a bunch of people and just be like, hey, that guy, that guy, that guy, you know. Um, you know, because they do need to refresh the rosters. Uh, yeah, and, and this is promising. You know, I'm glad that they're doing this because it means that we're not going to have the same redundant stuff week after week that we've been having for a while. Yeah, and you know, and, and even with a guy like you know, Karrion Cross is the one that I'm probably most invested in. I, I think I'd probably say that out of uh, any of WWE's programming, um, he's probably the guy that I'm probably outside of like a riddle. 
he's probably like another guy that I'm just looking at. I'm like, this this could be you know a lot of future main events for this guy and and his entire act with Scarlet. And you know, there's the big thing about how he's been he's been coming to Raw the last few weeks. He's been he's been doing main event the the show uh tapings but like I, I try not to get too freaked out about that because again a big part of his presentations his entrance he's only ever done the entrance in the nxt small setting since the pandemic uh you know so raw entrances bigger sets bigger whatever's different lights different camera cues you know maybe they're just trying to get an idea maybe they're having them there doing rehearsals and just trying to get an idea okay how do we present him how do we light him how do we do it when it is time to call him up uh, so I, i'm trying not to like get too panicked with Oh, Vince is calling him up, and he doesn't have Scarlet with him, and he doesn't. You know, I'm trying to just, you know, you know try not to freak out here and try to yeah. look at it as maybe a positive that maybe by this by WrestleMania next year, this guy could be a major player uh, at Mania. Yeah, hopefully they get rid of his gladiator trunks because I, I feel like there's a <laughs> they're a little I don't know they're a little comic booky. This is pure speculation on my part, but I kind of sometimes I get the feeling sometimes when they do stuff like that entrance without on main event without all the spectacle that it's them just seeing like, well, what if you don't have all that? What do you do? What if we do peel all that away? Are you still the same guy? I look at it more as they probably are doing that entrance and rehearsals, but probably for main event, which is technically, you know, it's, it's, it's filmed. It's, it's aired. Um, they don't want to give their hand away. They don't want it. They don't want to show you that they don't want to show you the really cool entrance. They could do once it is time for him to be drafted. That's how I always interpret it. Oh, yeah, uh, but how many times have you seen a big improvement with a, a wrestler's entrance from NXT? Yeah, uh, it usually they, isn't as good. Yeah, I mean, they canned Aleister Black's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, they, he had the violin the first time out, but then they kind of watered that down. Bobby Roode was watered down. Um, yeah, I, I can't think. I mean, they uh, Drew McIntyre's music was upgraded a little bit, I guess, but as far as the presentation is pretty much the same. Andrade, another one. So, yeah, I always feel like... I hope you're right. I hope they are working on it and and hoping to have something big, but just the track record hasn't been there. Which seems backwards. It seems like they would love having big grand entrances on Raw and SmackDown because it takes up time. It it looks cool. Like It seems like right in their wheelhouse, but who knows? Um, Before getting into the show, we do have some Super Chats. I want to first shout out Sam Cooper. Uh, Your Super Chat came back empty, but your next comment was, Jack is back, love the podcast. So thank you for that, first and foremost. Uh, If that's not what you wanted to say, just let me know, and I'll uh, make sure to read that out for you, though. Uh, We also have um, uh, uh, Alonzo, I think was the other one. There was another one in here for $4.99. Or Sam Cooper. Uh, yeah. Jack is back. Love the podcast, y'all. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Sam Thank Cooper. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate you, Sam. I appreciate the kind words as well. Um, so I say it's time we get into this show. I'm, I'm sure it's time we get into it. Like I said, I loved it. I'm going to say a lot of this is great. I'm going to get a lot of people saying I love everything. So just brace yourself to type that into the chat. If you want me to read those comments uh, on there, by the way, hit us up with the super chat, by the way. Uh, you put that in there. We read it. We say your name on the air. It's always a cool thing. Uh, but also thank you again to everyone who's joining us in the chat as well. And listening on the podcast afterwards or just watching on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. If you could do us a favor, hit the like button, subscribe, leave a comment, share with your friends, all that good stuff. It's always very appreciated. Jack, uh, tell me something you don't like. Give me a pet peeve in Jack Farmer's life. Um, uh, as far as I, one thing I didn't like recently, that was just from an entertainment standpoint. As I watched the movie Empire Records, everyone told me it was great. I thought it was a poop movie. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. 
I thought you were, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say uh, there was an uh, episode of The Simpsons where they were trying to get Ned Flanders to say something he didn't like. I thought you were going to uh, go that route. But... Oh, no. I love The Simpsons, too, by the way. So, <laughs> can uh, we, how can you not? Yeah. Um, they always say The Simpsons got bad after a while. I say it was just a few seasons. It, it kind of took a dip and then it got back good again. But uh, um, see, now everyone, everyone's mad at me. For, I can't win. Everyone in the chat's mad at me for not liking Empire Records. I didn't <laughs> like it. I stand by it. It didn't make any sense it. to me. Do yourself a favor and skip it. Uh, <laughs> we, have, uh, uh, we have the opening of Raw and Randy Orton's out. He's not there that day, even though he was scheduled for the big main event. Uh, he can't make the show, so they're going to do a 20-man battle royal for someone to take his spot in the three-way qualifying match for Money in the Bank. And after delivering a fun letter to the GMs from Randy Orton, Riddle gets into that 20-man battle royal, and I loved this because it was something we haven't seen recently. It continued the story of all the guys who wanted a shot at Money in the Bank, now getting a shot at Money in the Bank, and a lot of rivalries and things kind of played through in the match itself. So I thought it all worked well. Uh, Raj, you said you, I believe earlier you just said you liked it. Were you a fan of this, or what were your thoughts on starting with a a 20-man battle royal? I did. I liked it, and there were a lot of people in this battle royal that you could make arguments for to win. Uh, you can make an argument for Jinder Mahal. You can make a, uh, an argument for Damian Priest. Uh, you can make an ardre- uh, argument for Cedric Alexander because it is for a spot in Money in the Bank. So you you know you want some high flyers in there. So mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, it did kind of they did kind of show their hand a little bit once Riddle was added. It did it did kind of seem like he was gonna uh, you know be added to he, that he would win. But, you know, the note thing and, you know, back in the day, Riddle's segments used to drive me nuts. But I thought it was funny. I thought it was amusing. So, uh, you know, I've turned a corner with Riddle with his uh, RK Bro stuff. Yeah. Yeah, No, go ahead, Justin. No, I was just going to say, I I, I agree. It was a fun start. Again, I stand by what I said at the very start of this. This has team hell no weird bedfellows. And even without Orton physically there tonight somehow RK bro advanced and became that much more entertaining, even without Orton there and, and, and Riddle Im- imitating him. So, yeah, I mean, it was great to see Damian Priest back, who'd been absent for a few weeks, and he comes down to the final two. You you, you had me believing for a minute Priest could easily win this. Yeah. I guess my confusion is like, all right, so Riddle went into this battle royal as Randy Orton. Right. <laughs> yes. He wins it. What's the purpose of then fighting in the triple threat later that night? Because it was for a spot to, it was for Orton's spot in that triple threat. But didn't he just get Orton in via the battle no, royal? No, the battle royal was just to get in the spot and the man. Because uh, yeah. it was going to be a three way initially, and with Randy Orton out, it was how to I, take Randy Orton's spot. How ironic! We just canned a writer who couldn't get the name straight of the talent. And then we follow up a Monday Night Raw where the talents playing each other. that's funny (laughs) uh uh, throughout this though there were a lot of stories that played out throughout and uh justin i kind of want to get your thought on some of those that came through uh i personally like that ali helped mansoor and then threw him out at the same time i liked that cedric eliminated jeff hardy and kind of continued that rivalry as well as omos showing up and getting rid of the viking raiders do you like how they were able to still pack in a lot of story development within this or do you feel like just let the match be the match. No, story development. It's something they don't do enough of anymore. You know, say what you want about like a, like a Vince Russo, but I love Vince's philosophy going back to, to anytime he writes a show. I've loved this in many interviews. I've spent many a 
you know, hours working with him and, and doing projects with him. And, and I love it boils down to this. Every segment, every match needs to advance at least one story. But if you can get more stories advanced, bonus. And I'm also one that I'll call it out. And I call it out on AEW when you overbook stuff, when you book too much in one, so you, too much happens before a commercial. You know, I, there is a point to that. But I, but I think WWE could go back to some Russo-style stuff. I'm not making the jokes of put this on a pole match. But, like, when you can have, yeah, when you can have other layers of things getting accomplished, and it's just bit players, that's that, that that's just such a, especially when you got three freaking hours. It's just such a simple, no-brainer thing to do, but it doesn't happen often enough. So, absolutely, don't give me the match just needs to be the match. No, give me subplots. Give me other things to look at that line up and are consistent with the backstages of Ali and Mansoor. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. And I thought they did that really well in this match. Uh, Omos, man, he looks rough when he does his spots. And uh, it's like he's trying hard to act aggressive instead of being aggressive. And like he looks like he's just kind of smiling and having fun. And he's like, oh, wait, I got to be mean. I got to be I, I got to be mad. I got to growl. It just comes off as non-authentic, so he just needs to work on that because he's got great presence and everything. But uh, when he does his stuff, it just looks so um, awkward. Yeah, that growl he did just like shook the room. I think I loved that. Uh, but uh, Jenna Ness uh, in the chat asks, and, and Raj, I'll send this to you. Will Will Hardy get a push with him switching his music? I, mean, I don't think if WWE knows if he'll get a push, <laughs> you know, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think they only have their plans for, you know, the main top stars right now. But, you know, he is going to be bringing, what's it called? Uh, no More Tears? Is that the name of the song? Um, yeah. I think so. Yeah. What's the what's the or, one, what's Drew's other one that everyone wants to come back? Because Drew has one that's similar, right? Yeah. You mean the um, one when he, back when he was the chosen one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a lot of people always tweet that they want him to go back to that one. But I, to- I like Drew's music now, though. Yeah, I like Jeff Drew- Hardy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I like Drew's now, too. But wait, to, to, I remember Jeff saying that no more words. There was, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, no Jeff tears. said. He said this is they're going to switch it back when the audience comes back? Yeah. Is that like a for sure thing happening? He's He was under the impression that that's what's happening. So <laughs> It's weird to wait for music to change for the crowd <laughs> to come back, but... Uh, hey, whatever works. I'm okay hey, with it. Roman Reigns, it took like six months from when he first said that they were working on new music for him to when they finally debuted it. I always want to hear Cena. I think Cena said it. It was like Austin's podcast. It was one of the big ones that, that Cena rarely does. Yeah. But he had said yeah. how they were going to do the heel turn. He even had new music made up. That's one that eventually has to come out of the vault. It probably yes. won't be until he retires. But we have to hear the, the, the buried, unreleased track of what John Cena's entrance music would have been if he turned heel. Yeah, he spent like five grand on new gear and everything, and uh, yeah, then it got nixed. <laughs> that should be on the next WWE Wanted Treasures. We got to yeah. find the John Cena heel gear. It's got to go to the museum, go to the whole. You know, he's got to wear it once. I feel bad for all the people that work on that stuff. Like, and they probably have to work late nights getting it done in time, and then they go, "Oh, never mind, we don't need it." They got paid. It <laughs> and he's go, oh, yeah. Well, for Cena, five grand yeah. is not. Uh, and he donated yeah. it back to the the seamstress for outfits for the so so yeah it probably doesn't exist anymore because I think oh. he donated it all. Well, uh, Terry Allen Jr. Uh, asked Justin, Justin, you look different, slim perhaps. You've been hitting the weight room, Justin. Yeah, your your wrestling debut is that? Uh, well, not my debut. I'm just. I mean, my, your return. Return. Yeah, I'm getting 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 the getting the ring rust off me. Yeah. This, I, I, I've been in the ring. You know, been doing this for started my my, my managerial license started 11 years ago. And in 11 years, I, I, I have 
it's been since February 2020. This is the longest gap I've ever gone. I had to renew my managerial license, had to get back in the ring. This is, this is, this is, you know, I gotta, I'm not getting any younger. When was the last time you took a bump? February 2020. Okay. Ooh. So, so getting back out there, that'll be fun. Definitely, uh, before the show's over, we'll have you give the details on that show again, by the way, so people can check it out. Uh, yeah, by the way, bro- uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Broken Dreams was Drew's, it sounds like. Uh, oh, yeah. From the chat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, uh, Joseph Bozo bringing up that according to WrestleVotes. The last episode from the Thunderdome will be the July 9th SmackDown, and the July 12th Raw will be pre-taped. So, yes, that is true. So, we're you know reaching the, the final stretch with the Thunderdome, thank God. Almost there. Almost through. I do have um, uh, two more things I want to bring out from this uh this battle royal though real quick and one is i did want to shout out jinder mahal by the way threw out a ton of people i thought he looked great before he got eliminated by priest and uh raj we'll start with you i feel like a jinder mahal versus damian priest is a rivalry i want to see is that something you'd look forward to or am i crazy i i thought that's what they were setting up in here it really seemed like they were kind of setting up a feud between the two so yeah i think it'd be i think it'd be good um yeah i was Jinder versus Drew always seemed like kind of like a natural, but they just never really went there, and it doesn't look like they're going there again. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think Damian Priest keep him away from the Miz and and John Morrison, and yeah, anything. I still think Jinder and Drew could be a way to go for SummerSlam. I mean, I you know I don't know, um, you know, unless Drew gets the the briefcase. I mean, I, I think you know Drew certainly he's been in the world title picture enough. He's you know he's came up short now the last few times. But I think he and Jinder, that could be something that could, you know, again, there's so much history just to grab from the video archives to, to help sell this and, and get the fans back on it. Uh, I'm actually going to be recording a conversation with Drew McIntyre this Thursday that that'll, I'll probably release maybe the next day. Uh, so I fully intend to bring up the Jinder Mahal potential yeah, to him. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be great. I think you, you probably got to pump up Jinder just a little bit at this point. Um, yeah. What if you did Drew versus Karrion Cross? Well, you, you actually... Karen Cross, you want that down the road, not right away. Yeah, you need to give you need to give Karen Cross some uh, some people to uh, put away before he's up there. Yeah. Um, and then terrible Trey says, uh, "Hey guys, been trained to become a pro wrestler. Uh, very nice. cool. Good nice. to good to hear. Um, yeah, that's always good to see. Always cool to hear. And it makes you look at wrestling different when you've trained to do it for a little bit. Um, but the, anyways, uh, to wrap up the whole." Um, battle royal thing as we already kind of mentioned riddle wins and uh i thought that was i thought the the whole thing the ending was great i thought it was a a fun match overall that leads us to Shayna baszler and nikki cross uh backstage we have a couple of segments baszler uh says something that's actually kind of inspiring to me she says it's alexa bliss's fault that they aren't in money in the bank but if she doesn't do anything about it it's her fault which i thought was kind of a uh yeah, good. That's kind of a good, you know, take ownership of things, Gina Baszler. I just thought that was actually kind of a nice thing to say. Uh, Nikki, though, says she's almost a hero, and I guess she's Nikki Ash now or Nikki Cross. It seemed like even the commentators, commentators didn't know. were going back and forth on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really get what that was supposed to be. But speaking of the commentators, we get a match. Nikki Cross gets another win to kind of continue her win streak there, and uh, Alexa Bliss takes out both Nia Jax and Reginald. Uh, on the outside, Justin, we now have uh, Bliss actually getting involved at ringside and involved in matches. My question to you is, do you think this is a step in the right direction for what they're doing with Alexa Bliss? I don't know what they're doing with Alexa Bliss. I'll say this, the, the, the sequence outside of the ring of her, uh, 
giving a kick forward and then giving a kick backwards to hit uh, Reg. I mean, like it, it looked like a, a sweet little action, uh, yeah, know, live one take action sequence. Um, so that was cool. And I've been, and I'm way more patient with the magic and voodoo than Raj is. And I'm, I'm not saying blow it up. I'm not saying stop doing it because I, I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of these bells and whistles is more interesting for Alexa Bliss than just you know little old Alexa. You know, the, 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 yeah, that, that just kind of ran its course. I also felt like she just was plagued with injuries. It, you know, it just it never nothing. The rhythm wasn't there for me. So I like the bells and whistles and the voodoo and the smoke and mirrors. Uh, I just, it's kind of getting into that Bray Wyatt syndrome of like, when are we going to get to the point? When, when are we going to, when are we going to like, what, what are we doing? Like, what, what are we building to? Uh, I keep trying to hang on every week, but I don't know what we're building to. And to Nikki, I'm all for Nikki almost superhero. So I guess Nikki Ash, I'll tell you yeah. what, when live crowds come back, th- just like I spotted RK bro as a, Nikki Ash is going to be one of the most over things to live crowd. It's really, you think yes. so? Yes. I do. <laughs> Might have to take I, you up I, on that bet. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Raj, that actually leads me perfectly into what I was gonna ask you. Uh, she hasn't had the strongest wins over Ripley and Flair, but now after those and getting wins here, uh, do you think that there's something here with Nikki, even if it's maybe just for kids? Um, yeah, I mean, at least it's a character she stands out. Um, I don't know. Usually, characters like this don't have legs for that long, but. It gives her something to do, and if she can impress while she's out there, it's it's a net positive. I think it's better than her being able to last two minutes, you know, yeah. with with Charlotte and Rhea. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, when the gimmicks are too hokey, I'm not a big fan unless they're funny, like funny enough, like Hurricane Helms. Uh, I thought he was fantastic when he did it, but you know, this stuff it's not my cup of tea. The Alexa Bliss stuff has never been my cup of tea since. You know, she was been with Bray Wyatt and uh, it's so inconsistent. Like one minute, she's just a regular wrestler in the ring. She's not like stronger than anyone else in the ring. And then the next minute she's, you know, taking out both Nia and Reginald. And yeah, why wouldn't she be just using her magic powers the whole time? And, you know, having the opponents just lie down on the ground and get pinned. So I don't know. I just find that stuff dumb. Well, I think with what I liked about the Nikki or the Alexa Bliss stuff is, again, it was her just kicking someone instead of using the magic. She teased the magic a little bit, but I think if it's, again, kind of like The Undertaker where he just, you can't put him down and that's the magic of it. I'm cool with it, I think. Uh, And that's kind of what it felt a little bit more like today with like she was able to just use a few kicks to take those two down. But yeah, when it's the like, you mimic me stuff, that's where I get a little weird with it. But (laughs) I have a feeling those Nikki Cross like headband I, goggle things are going to be all over the place in the crowd when they get crowds back. One hundred percent. I think they're going to be like Jeff Hardy armbands were for a while, where they're just everyone's wearing them. Um, so Let's we see. got uh, uh, <laughs> SSJ Assassin says Riddle has won more than anybody in WWE th- this year so far. Money in the bank favorite. Um, I think that's something we'll definitely chat about in a little bit down the road, um, unless you guys want to give a quick peek at what your thoughts are. But uh, we'll talk about that at the main event, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the past, yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get to it later. Yeah, um, I want to go into the part that uh, on a big night of WWE Raw, again, what I really like. This was probably my favorite part of the night. 
Kofi Kingston an MVP. I think we talk a lot about like attitude era and uh, and compare it to today. And I, whenever we compare attitude era stuff, I think we always compare edgy things. Uh, but to me, this felt very attitude era because it felt like they were off the cuff and not as just reading scripts and things like that. They were taking these personal shots at each other and saying these great things. I think Kofi Kingston at this point for me, I don't care how highly you rate him. I think he's underrated because he can be funny. He can do tag teams. And in this one promo, he became a serious world title contender. And even though I'm a big Bobby Lashley fan, Kofi just sold me on this match at Money in the Bank. And dare I say, I think I want Kofi Kingston to win. And I think I want Kofi Kingston to go on to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam to get a shot at redemption against the Beast. Justin, Kofi Kofi did some good stuff for himself here, right? He did, but I'm taking the booking pencil out of your hand immediately. (laughs) Um, Look, I love Kofi. You're right. Kofi, I mean, Kofi can do it all. Kofi has the, whatever criteria you want to go off of, Kofi could go to the Hall of Fame as a single star. Kofi can go to the Hall of Fame as part of the New Day. Um, I think he'll do both. And I'd have no problem with it. Uh, He's great. But unfortunately... And I mean, I'm, I'm always excited. I'm excited to see this match, I think. But unfortunately, here's the problem is, we, you know, again, coming back to crowds, SummerSlams around the corner, all, all hands on deck. So all hands on deck means, OK, either Brock comes back and it's Brock and Lashley or Goldberg has to get paid for one of his few matches. And so all this all this reeks of is that Kofi is going to be just a lovable underdog, going to have the fans on their feet and it's going to be an easy heat magnet to just destroy him quickly as they've done in the past with him. And whether it's again, whether it's a a Goldberg Brock, whatever we're moving towards, that's my fear. So, uh, but that's also me trying to be like clairvoyant, Nostradamus wrestling analyst. If I just am a fan and just watching this tonight. Yeah. Kofi got me really excited and uh, go Kofi, but that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm paid to do here. I'm paid to, to, to look into the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious where they go with MVP and Kofi. I hope it's not just leading to a match between them. Uh, you got I got to think MVP is probably getting cleared sooner than later. And um, you know, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see something there. But it, it's intriguing. And uh, someone here has Leo Bowden in the chat has a good idea. Kofi wins the title. Biggie wins Money in the Bank and cashes in on Kofi. Hmm. Uh, that'd be interesting. I don't know. That's I don't know if I'd see that happening. But uh, yeah, I'm the well, guy that just said I want to see Kofi versus Brock. Well, so what do I know? Well, that's the thing. Kofi versus. I mean, look, you know, we all want to see Kofi get redemption on Brock. That scenario that was just posed there by that fan. That's interesting, but it all goes back to the reason I took the pencil away from Jack a second ago is you got to get the biggest marquee possible for SummerSlam. Right. So if you have Brock Lesnar available, you're gonna you got to go for a Brock Bobby Lashley or a. Goldberg, Bobby Lee, you have to go with what the marquee is going to sell on. And unfortunately, that quickly, you know, Big E versus, Co- you know, like, you, you know, you need the marquee. You need the quick hit. Yeah. I, uh, well, I have a, a quick uh, comment. And actually, um, Nelson uh, Moreno says, Raj, do you still do the big guy podcast with Ryback? No, we had uh we had, we had some tech issues for a couple of weeks, and then Ryback had to fly out of town. We just never were able to get back on it. Our schedules just got too hectic. So, no, don't, not doing that right now. Definitely um, open to doing it again, though. I, I have a, a quick follow-up question for you, Raj, on uh, this real kind of wrap-up this MVP segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kofi talked a lot about how good 
Woods is. And I want to ask you, do you think he's right? Do we need to put more respect on Woods' name? I like the way he did it. Again, it was natural. You know what your point was. Like this felt, nat- you know, like it didn't feel overscripted. It, they were using terms that real people use. Not like the, the Jackson Riker promo when he was backstage. That was just, you know, no one talks like that. It was just awful. But Right. Um, uh yeah, I do think it, it when he says it, it did make it make you realize that yeah, maybe Xavier is kind of underappreciated because I think when you think of the New Day, you always think as Big E as the one with the big potential to be the future world champion. Kofi's always can be in that mix, but you never really hear Xavier Woods' name in that conversation. So, um and you know, he had a really good performance last week's kind of like a a next level performance. So, yeah, I think I totally agree with Kofi there. It'd be fun if we get into a situation where all three members of New Day, still as baby faces, had some reason to have a triple threat. Like whether it was a number one contenders match or one of them was a champion. But like I feel like that would be a fun dynamic. And, and you can't, don't make it a thing where I tune in at eight o'clock and you tell me that that's going to be the main event in three hours. Like that's something right. you build to. Like that could build. be a really fun <laughs> dynamic of the three of them all because you know they'd work some comedy into their prep and their strategy and their hiding notes from each other. But then they would also one of them would get a little serious and then they'd all get serious. Like I, I really hope that we get that. I mean, we've gotten everything else with the New Day basically. I hope we get that before New Day is done with. Well, well, they're talking about bringing back a lot of the pay per view, uh, the, the old themes like Taboo Tuesday, things like that. So like something like a Taboo Tuesday or a Cyber Sunday that you could easily do something where you know that's one of the options. There's New Day in a triple threat or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be that. I think that would be fun, and I think if you gave them time, they would make sure that that match tore the house down. So I'd be all for it. But mm-hmm. uh, we speaking of team ups, we got a team up today. We got Eva Marie teaming with Dewdrop again versus Asuka and Naomi. Eva keeps getting names wrong, which I think has to be one of the, my favorite things as a uh, as a wrestler or what I would want because then I just wouldn't have to remember anyone's name. It'd be great. It'd be perfect. Uh, but she was looking at Dewdrop's stomach and calling her poor thing, which I thought was just really mean uh, that we get the uh, rematch and uh, it plays into the story. So I'm kind of cool with how it all went down. Kind of a bad look for Asuka and Naomi because Dewdrop basically beat them in a handicap match, really. But Dewdrop came off just looking really, really strong here. Uh, Raj, is Dewdrop the next big thing in the women's division? I thought she looked good. I mean, when she drops the name, goes back to Piper Niven or a new name or whatever. But, uh, you know, the storyline, I got to admit, uh, I was um, I was entertained. I, I think Eva Marie is great out there. She's just great at being a heel, that stuck-up, uh, pretentious heel. She's And uh, this was really easy to watch, and even though it was an exact repeat. Uh, and not the finish, but, you know, the, doing the same match as the week before, which always drives me nuts. But... In this case, I was entertained. I thought, uh, you know, when you do, I feel like they are building the tension way too early with Dewdrop and and Eva Marie. You know, a weekend they're already doing it. Uh, I'd like them to get it, you know, down the line and then have it be like a like a Virgil Ted DiBiase thing, where Virgil finally, you know, you know, turn babyface and and knock DiBiase out, doing something like that after a, a good build as opposed to right away. Well, yeah. Since since debuting a couple weeks ago, uh, Dewdrop or Pipe or whatever, she's looked dominant. She's basically won mm-hmm. in handicap matches, so she's looked strong so far. Yeah, Eva Marie. I mean, she's just a heat magnet. Just mm-hmm. her delivery, and again, she's doing it without the. I can't wait for the fans to come back because they yeah. just love to boo her. 
Yeah. And this is this is where wrestling fans work themselves when they want to start analyzing. Oh, she's not good as a wrestler, and she's she's Hollywood. She's a what, what about? And they start naming this wrestler on the independent scene that hasn't got a show. And it's like you're working yourself. You, you are just being works. Like she is the exact heat that that they're going for, but you don't want to accept it because you're smarter than that. You know, f off. Uh, yeah. Eva Marie is. I like this. I, I it's it, to Raj's point though. They are quickly jumping into the tension already. But then I think flip side of it, we would see them delay in other situations. They would delay the tension by like eight weeks. And, and that would, never like, happens. Let, let, let's get to <laughs> right. it. So it kind of feels like they're trying to make a point, whether it's, again, to get to the split of these two, hopefully elevate Piper. Again, everything's kind of working now on this countdown. Maybe they have a SummerSlam match they want for Eva. Like, so they got to get, you know, I don't know. It, it, but I'm okay with it. I'd rather that than eight weeks of repetitiveness. It feels like it's not going anywhere. At least this feels like... We're going somewhere. Especially because I think we all know that this is where it's going. So why drag it on longer than it needs to? Uh, you know, I, so I, I agree with you, Justin. I, I like that they're just kind of moving on. It does seem quick, but I also, it makes it interesting because now I'm already waiting for uh, Dewdrop to do something to get revenge. Uh, Colin Boyd in the chat says, shoot me. I'm enjoying the evolution. Sorry. No, buddy, you're joining the team. I love it too. I think it's great. And uh, yeah. I'm really glad to see uh I keep wanting to call her Piper Niven. Do drop, uh, just get these dominant wins. Well, and, and the one advance they did do, if you want to, if we want to like look at little things, the one advancement they did do is that this week on the backstage, when what's his face stops, even she can't remember his name, the, the backstage interviewer. Yeah. Now Piper was ma- just making disgusted, annoyed faces behind Eva's back. Eva turned, she's all smiles. So at least we are like, like at least we are already getting the point to where like, okay. Dewdrop sees the game here. She sees what's going on, and we're already like it's not like she still is is, is uh, brainwashed into believing she's Eva's friend. Like you know, like so they at least already yeah, are she's not stupid. It, yeah, we're already at least right. making advancements to this, so I, I'm okay. You know, I, I do I, I do think Piper Niven her her wrestling style and everything's different too. So it's it's fun watching her because she brings a, a new uh, a different. Uh, different characteristic or you know just different moveset so it's uh yeah i I think she has a a ton of potential yeah she was great in nxt uk um again i'm I'm a big fan of nxt uk so i'm always uh i'm always pounding the table for people to go check them out but uh yeah i thought she was great i like i said it was kind of a bummer that naomi and uh, oscar lost the way they did but i also feel like those are two stars that are going to be fine either way after this like i don't think oscar's anything i don't think less of oscar or naomi after this loss but it was kind of a tough loss for them to eat in the end yeah i mean naomi's kind of been put on the back burner for a while i'd like to see them at some point do do more with her you know it looked like her and lana were gonna get tag a tag title shot there for a while and then lana got released but you know i Hopefully they find a way, something to do with her sooner and later. If nothing else, draft and shake it up. I mean, I yeah. love I love Naomi as a babyface, and she's got all the babyface makings. Yeah, uh, with the entrance and the lights and everything. But if anything, if you want to shake it up, Senator Fridays, let her let her join the family business with, with her with her husband and and her, and her family. I would add a interesting dynamic, like getting her involved because yeah. right now, like I feel like a lot of the USO stuff and the Roman Reigns stuff is getting pretty redundant. So it. They could use a spark. I mean, we all know the eventual impasse we all are want to see. And we know WWE wants it. We just don't know if it's this mania or next mania is, is the Roman rock. Inter- so, yeah. like, 
until that point, get as much of the family lined up. Get this, get this, get this to be a Brett Owen affair. Let's get as much of the family all surrounding and let's start taking sides. Yeah. I love it. I Yeah, I agree. I think that'd be good for her too. And it'd be someone that Roman couldn't just beat up. So she could add a voice that is, you can't challenge quite the same way that yeah. uh, Roman could with the other two. You know, the Brett Owen Hart, just kind of a tangent here. The Brett yeah. Owen Hart feud was originally written for Bruce Hart. For like Bruce. that was his idea. And uh, it was supposed to be Bruce. And then Brett pitched using Owen instead. And, which I mean, yeah. no, I mean, no offense. I mean, like, you know, I mean, Bruce has the charisma of a tomato. I, it's it's amazing to think now we look back. History, you know, is is always hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, <laughs> you, you have Bruce Hart or you have Owen Hart, right? And yeah. Owen Owen was hard for me to picture as a heel at first, and then he just knocked it out of the park. You know, I'm like, because he just seemed like such a natural babyface, and then when he turned, he was just fantastic. He for like from day right. one. It wasn't like he needed to. He's get the youngest of twelve. It's just an easy thing for him to dig into. Yeah, you know? that yeah, was, was the that was the first that uh, their match where that Owen won was the first match that I remember being just upset at how it turned out. I was so upset. I was so because I was a huge Bret Hart fan, and I was so angry that Owen won. But uh, <laughs> that means it. That means it was the right. Now I go out. Oh, that's why it was the so right it move. Worked. Yeah, yeah, but when, I was. When, when so Owen kicks upset. when he kick, when Owen kicks his leg at the end of their tag match in uh, Rumble '94 in Providence, yeah. I mean, yeah, oh my God, I mean the the emotion and Brad just kicked your leg out of your leg. I mean, it's yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> just get your leg out of your leg. That actual line. That's the actual line. <laughs> what, what a great line. Oh man. Well, we had some other great stuff here tonight. We had. Uh, Ms. Morrison and Ricochet with a silly segment backstage with Ricochet uh, that as an older person now I thought was a little goofy but honestly if I was a kid watching a little him, goofy a little, it was it was very goofy but if I was a kid if I try to imagine myself as like a 10 year old watching I would have loved Ricochet doing everything he did backstage I thought that was if I was a kid I would have loved it as an adult I was like this is goofy but uh, I could see where that would fit in in the world the match I thought was crazy good and i thought ricochet did an amazing job with the jumping off of the wheelchair and of course that cross body that cross body out of the ring to the guardrail will probably be in highlight reels forever uh, i don't know if uh, he grabbed the brass ring but sure felt like ricochet was reaching for it tonight with some of the stuff he was doing uh justin did ricochet do himself any favors tonight i mean that was i mean i wrote it down on my notes here omg spot of the night yeah, that yeah. was a tremendous finish. You know, it was a, it was, a, it was a double count out. I mean, but again, and that's that's working with what you have, which is you have an empty arena, you know, so you can put a crash pad there and do some crazy spots like that. I mean, it looked great. The the the, the backstage stuff prior. I mean, look the 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 drip the drip. What is it? The uh, drip stick. The drip stick, and I mean, he's holding him at gunpoint with the the. I mean. I don't know. It whatever, but yeah. it, look, it looks it, it, again. You don't want anybody to walk in the room who's not a an avid, an avid, an avid walker. But uh, otherwise, I know the match was really great. I mean, d- did Ricochet do himself any favors? I don't know. You're right, Jack. I mean, you know, I, I you know, there's an era of uh, early aughts Raw where it's Shelton Benjamin doing the springboard and HBK catches him with Sweet Chain Music. That's maybe one of these moments where you just you can always keep it in that highlight reel for for again pandemic era Rawls of uh, programming but ricochet it's going to take something really to elevate ricochet 
anywhere beyond the, the space that he's living in right now. And, and that's just reality, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and yeah, that spot was awesome. And it was a, a great way to finish that match. Even Usually, I you know, people hate double countouts. But in this case, it made all the sense in the world. You sold this big move. I mean, now that's a problem I have so much with wrestling is you do these gigantic moves and you're up two seconds later. And then all that says is, oh, that move didn't really hurt that much then. And by doing this, you know, the crossbody off the top, John Morrison, you could you could tell he posi- positioned himself, uh, you know, with a crash pad behind. And they must have moved it because uh, they, they took a little time, uh, you know, before they finally showed the back area. And but, actually, there was one time where the camera, the camera was right to stay facing more towards the announcers because the crash pad was behind it. They cut away, and then the camera came back again, and they were a little bit more over Miz's shoulder. And if you look on the left side of your screen, you see a big black pad. Ah. I was like, no, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I I missed that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, unless you're like, I mean, I I didn't look at a screen or a phone or anything. I mean, I was watching pretty intently, so hopefully. But (laughs) but it was one one of those pet peeves, like, damn it, don't, don't, don't show the parlor tricks. Like, just. Right. Right. Yeah, I get like when it happens, it doesn't bother me quite as much as some people. But I get what you mean, Justin. Where I'm like, ah, come on. Like, there are some weird ones, like Hell in a Cell, where they had the hand. Like, you oh, saw a hand yeah. pop out. Yeah, <laughs> so. that was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like, is someone doing a run in? What's going? You know, like, or just a stage? Is it just, I guess it was just a stage hand handing out props or something. That completely changed my view of the rest of the match because I thought for sure someone's running out. They're coming from underneath <laughs> the entire time. I was like waiting, and then it never happened. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just a stage some, <laughs> some guy living under the ring. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, we got uh, Zook Enigma says, glad to see hashtag Jack is back. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is literally the only way I keep up with Raw. It's just too much of a hassle to watch and be disappointed. Thanks, guys. We do the we do the people's work, I tell you. <laughs> Watching Raw and then reporting on it so you don't have to. Uh, probably well, not what WWE wants me to say. <laughs> a lot of positivity. I'm going to ask the second time in this podcast. Jack, give me something else you don't like. Give me something else. <laughs> give me a pet. Come on, I'll, I'll give you one. I can't yeah. stand it if I'm driving. If you're going to turn, use your freaking turn signal. I don't know why you can't use your turn signal. It's there. Give me, give me a pet peeve, Jack Farmer. Get angry. Let's, or let's, if you're driving slow, stay out of the left lane. Well, stay, that too. Yeah. Yeah. That the worst. Yeah, when someone cuts you off and then goes slower than you were going before, slower than you are, yeah. and you have to slow down for them. That drives me nuts as well. Uh, a wrestling thing that drives me nuts. I, I, I hate when they, my time is wasted when I, they give me stuff that I've got to watch and then it never comes up again or it doesn't really matter or they re- recap things a million times during Raw. That's what kills me is the we saw this five minutes ago. This is what just happened. I think I'm, I'm right here. Why would I? Why do you need to show me again? That bugs me. Yeah, uh, I'll think I'll come up with a list next okay. week. I'll have a big I'll have a list of things I hate that really grind my ears. Yeah, it grinds my ears. And yeah, then, uh, then you'll list. know. I want a full <laughs> list. I got another one. If I'm watching a, re- especially an independent wrestling show, if I'm watching a wrestling show, and somebody's music hits, and they have to wait 45 seconds until the music hits is the right time, until they can pop out of the curtain, it's like if you make me wait 45 seconds, it better be the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I don't need to wait until Disturbed song has built <laughs> loud enough song. until you're ready to 
burst out of the curtain. Just come out of the curtain, we, all right? We don't need we don't need the bodies hitting the floor before you come out. But exactly. uh, that so this is something that really bothers me. Actually, uh, is movies that if they go over two hours and there's a bunch of stuff in it that you could cut out, like up to two hours, I'm okay with anything. But if you go two and a half hours and there's stuff you didn't need in there. It drives me nuts. If I'm like, well, why did this happen? Did you watch The Irishman by Scorsese for Netflix? I haven't because I heard it was like I, seven hours long. I liked it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I did too because I'm a Scorsese mark. Yeah, and I, was wa- I was waiting forever to see another De Niro yeah. Pesci yeah. film. Yeah. But yeah, you watch it. You're like, eh, they probably could have cut that one. And yeah. they could have cut that scene. And yeah. Yeah. It, took, it took me like two weeks to get to yeah. finish it. Because <laughs> right. now, yeah. you know, between Rod, wrestling and everything. Yeah, it's like, Raj is get... like me. If you got kids, you got to like <laughs> right. off and walk in the room like it. Right. it was, <laughs> like, like I said, if it's if it's an hour and a half, I'm fine if there's some stuff in there that's not super important. But once you get to the two hour mark, it better all be absolutely necessary or I get I get really crabby about it. Also, building Ikea furniture. Just I'm not oh, a good person God. around Ikea furniture. <laughs> I take right. every penny that Raj pays me for these podcasts. It goes <laughs> to my fund of if I'm ordering something, I pay the extra pay the guy to assemble it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, Home Depot, whatever you're assembling it. I'm not doing any more assembly. Yeah. I, I come off like a nice guy here, but if I'm building something from Ikea, I am a totally different person. It's like the Incredible Hulk. I am not a good person. <laughs> yeah. uh, real quick, um, Ricky Zaldivar is asking if we have the AEW podcast this week. Yep, they're back Wednesday night. So, Oh, we're back Wednesday? Okay. Wednesday, yep. Sweet. <clears throat> well, someone else that is back is Charlotte Flair, uh, Natalia, and Tamina teaming up against Mandy Dana and Rhea. Uh, Charlotte gets the win, but Rhea takes a shot at the knees of Charlotte after the match. Raj, if you're a fan and just watching this and you're not really thinking about too much of the details, who are you cheering for in this? It's so confusing because they made it seem like Rhea Ripley was a babyface coming out and then, you know, taking her legs out after the match is a total heel move. I can't cheer for, you know, you don't got me going for either of these uh, women in this match. So it's just hard to care about this feud. I, I just I found myself trying to think. Well, maybe it's this. No, they're they're not good either. Who's both? All, every single one of these people seem like jerks. And then I think Mandy and Dana Brooke they should just go full heel because they're they could be good at that. I feel like Natalia and Tamina are just too likable. They've got the, you know, they've been around so long. They're veterans. Uh, I think Mandy and Dana could really be a great heel team. But by everyone being in that tweener spot, it's hard to care about any of these feuds right now. Yeah, Mandy and Dana seem built for being being easy to boo, and it feels like the world is behind Tamina and Natalie or Natalia. So I don't get why I don't. If that feels so easy, but it, that I don't. It doesn't seem like they're playing it that way. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Charlotte and Rhea, I don't get either. Uh, but uh, any thoughts on this one, Justin? Uh, no, everything you guys said. I don't know who to cheer for, who to boo. I feel like Rhea. They've. I feel like we're we're too far gone with Rhea at this point, unfortunately. Um, I mean, Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte is probably the most athletic and one of the most talented in ring female performers they have. I, I'll give her that. And the fact that she has the flair name and legacy is great. But I mean, we've manufactured so many title wins for her. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like by the time she retires, it's gonna be like she's like the twenty five time title holder and god bless him rick's being a great father every interview rick does he wants to go out of his way whether he's asked or not to say that she's better than he is which i mean rick come yeah. on, let's not start that uh, i don't know yeah I'm just 
Charlotte is great. I think she's the she's, she's uh, the, the best heel too. But if she's the heel, make Rhea the babyface. Make yeah. her all babyface, not you know taking her out after the match and losing purposely by DQ. You know, just um, it's, it, I, it, it, they're making it so you can't care about anyone in, in that match. I mean, going after the knees of someone after losing is as bad as heel as you can be. Yeah. I, even in any in any sport or world that that would be a horrible thing to do if if a football player did that to somebody they'd be like banned from the NFL like and I don't know it, it didn't fe- also didn't feel like in a stone cold like oh they're a bad guy we cheer for kind of way. it's kind of like, oh that's kind of a dick move to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh yeah. by the way speaking when you were mentioning all the title reigns with Charlotte we we missed uh, the the title changes earlier in the show. Oh yeah, during the, uh, the very important title change, the Battle Royal, the twenty four seven title, it went from Tazawa yeah. to uh, was it Gulak to Gulak to R Truth to Tazawa. Uh, That's not real. Stop it. I, I, was, I was actually it's funny. I was gonna say like I, I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> like, I uh, mean, it, it, you know, it was one of those things where it at least. It, you weren't expecting it, so it was amusing. But it's they needed. It's been two years that that title's been around. Two, it was yeah. two years ago, I think this month. Uh, Raj, wasn't this one of the USA panic buttons? If we need yeah. to like, it, so we d- developed the twenty four seven title. Yeah, 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 because they they can't use it on SmackDown for that reason. But um, has has there been a title change yet? That's not a roll up with the twenty four seven title. Actually, maybe who, tonight. Who there would was know one. that? Who would know that? <laughs> I have a feeling there's some people in the chat that know that. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, has anyone lost the title not via roll-up? Roll Let us know. Uh, so uh, Colin Boyd in the chat says they don't have enough depth for two women's rosters, unfortunately. That's I disagree. Not, I, I don't agree. They do. That's not true. They're not utilizing, but that's not true. They have, they have plenty of depth. Yeah. I mean, just look at... Uh, what was it where they they had all the the women standing in NXT in, in in two lines and it was just like holy crap they have a ton of people it, it was a uh, talent was it when they did the the title like all three titles were in there after WrestleMania was, no I think it was they were doing the women's tag tournament or something like that um, oh yeah when they debuted the ta- the ta- the NXT title tag titles I don't even think it was when they did that I think it was when they they had the Dusty's tournament yeah. right for for the women and when they oh. And that never made sense why they yeah, didn't just have the winner of that tournament, you know, yeah. win the titles. But anyway. if I'm if I'm speculating, it felt a little bit like they assumed they would get a shot at the the women's titles. And then when they had all the shenanigans happen, NXT said, you know what, let's just do our own titles and not get involved. Because if you remember, they had that match, but then like Adam Pierce got involved and they were doing all this weird stuff. And I think NXT was just like, you know what, but let's you know, just this- do ours. And this is an interesting conversation. Uh, this was brought up um, the last Triple H call he did with all of us. Somebody that you know that he got asked about, like you know, an all women's show. And uh, Raj, you, I mean, you heard this. You know, he yeah, he went on that kind of like, he he got a little defensive about this. He's like, you know, isn't equality equality? He's like, if I do an all women, if he goes, if I do an all men show, he goes, I'm never going to hear the end of it. He goes, we don't. All, he goes, why can't it just be men and women together? Like he kind like he really kind of got defensive on the concept of an all women show. I um, you know I to NXT's credit they they do do a good job of having a lot of women's matches and men's matches, but you know you with with the main roster you do have you have the Saudi Arabia show which used to be an all men show at least uh, yeah. the first few, um, 
I, I mean, until you see, you don't really see the equality yet on the men's side as much. You know, you see the type of storylines that the women have on Raw are not the same as the type of storylines that you know Kofi and MVP and, and Lashley have. So, um, but I, I do think NXT does a better job of that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think to his point, and, and I don't know this for sure, but I think what he's saying is that. I think like Bianca versus Sasha main eventing WrestleMania is a bigger deal than a separate show for the women. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that, which, that which I would agree with. Yes, yeah. that but, main event or the yeah. the Rousey triple threat the year prior, that's bigger. Them main eventing Mania is a bigger yeah. deal than Nikki Bella versus whoever. Ronda what, Rousey for, for evolution for the for the yeah the women's all women's pay per view. I, I agree. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get that point. It is, it's a bigger deal just to be part of the, uh, a balanced men and women's pay-per-view and be the main event than relegated to the all women's pay-per-view. Right. Right. Well, and also I think it's presentation. I think if it's a big deal for an all women's pay-per-view, that's one thing, but if it's like Smackville or whatever, when they do one of those shows and it's like, well, I don't know, do we really need that? But it it didn't help them that the all women's pay-per-view didn't do numbers wise, didn't do real well. And and just yeah. to, over over history, unless they got a big TV deal, um, anytime you see them try these shows, two hundred five live comes to mind. Um, it just becomes a complete afterthought. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't have faith that they'd be you know they'd they'd be creating another A show. Yeah, uh, Colin Boyd in the chat says only eighteen women on Raw and SmackDown combined. That. I mean, you probably just check, so I, I don't doubt you, but it doesn't feel right. But uh, yeah, again, I, I can see that um, nine on each. I mean, tonight we had six in the women's tag matches and then uh, the other tag matches. And then no, there's got to be more than that. Six, really yeah, because then there's two. four. There was the six, the six woman tag match. And then there was the other tag match, which was at 10. Um, and then there's another women's match, wasn't there? Maybe not. Because um, there was ten on tonight alone, right? Um, yeah, yeah, the Dewdrop and uh, uh, and Oscar Marie and and Oscar and uh, Naomi. Um, yeah, and then earlier we had the Alexa Bliss and or yeah, I guess that wasn't, uh, but uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss was involved against um, Shayna and Shayna Baszler. So. Yeah, so that would be so almost that's, all, that's almost eighteen right there. Yeah. Um, but again, I think that I don't know how many of them are ever on TV that often, but that's, I mean, they, they don't, they have to have, they have to have the women there. Plus, I mean, I feel like NXT, you could call up NXT for somehow they just, no matter how many they get called up, they just replace them with more great women's wrestlers. It's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. What they I can mean, do at NXT. There's like, so many women on, on NXT right now that are, that could go to the main roster right now, you know, Io Shirai, right. Tony Storm, uh, it's just a bunch, but it's yeah. not happening. Um, and then Stellar Justin Lopez says, there's only seven women on SmackDown. I know Bailey, Bianca, Sasha, Liv, Mela, Natty, and Tamina. That sounds right. Yeah, sounds about right. But And Erickson says, rarely catch you live. So Ben wanting to say Jack is Wrestling Inc. Rookie of the Year. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> uh, enjoy your commentary and transact- transitions. Don't watch wrestling shows these days, but always your podcast for the state of wrestling. Thank well, you. thank you so much, Nate. We appreciate that. Um, and then, uh, so speaking of transitions, let's talk about Riker <laughs> and Elias. 
uh elias looks shredded uh and he's got new music which means we'll probably see more of him uh Riker gets the win though which means we'll probably see him have at least another go around with someone else soon uh Raj, my important question to you about this is, would you be okay with R-Truth taking some interview reps from Kevin Patrick? All <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, I thought the the Riker backstage segment stuff where he, he has to do lines are just god-awful. But um, yeah. that being said, I thought this match was way better than I was expecting it to be. It didn't go too long. It was short and sweet. Like you said, Elias looked shredded. They didn't... Uh, I thought it was it was entertaining. I liked it way better than I, I expected. Yeah. I think... Uh, go ahead, Justin. No, no, Jack, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that... Uh, I mean, Riker has a place on the roster, I think. And I think he can do things. I I don't know. I feel like Elias always just outshines, though. I, I'm a huge Elias fan. I want to see him do some more things. And, uh, in fact, that actually... Brings me to Justin. What I wanted to ask you is, if this is the last time these two go at it, where do you want to see them go? Do you have any fantasy booking ideas of what you want to see each of these guys do next? Well, I want to see Elias be given more investment. I mean, this is a guy, obviously, you know, again, cheap plug. He, he's from here. Where, where I'm training right now is the school that that, that developed him. Um, this is a guy who's had WrestleMania moments with The Undertaker, John Cena, <laughs> Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, you know the trust is there for him, and he's been reliable. You know his his uh, his gimmicks over, his music got over on the iTunes charts. I mean he he's one of the guys who never even held a title at all in NXT, but he flourished when he got to the main roster. One of the few because he actually flourished being in a different town every night, being able to play to the crowd, babyface or heel. So I really hope as we're getting back with crowds and we have drafts coming up that uh, we are that they positioned him to to be a player. I'm not saying he's got to be world champion, but uh, more than what he's doing now. It, I it, don't I don't know what happens to Riker. I, I don't know. Riker's a veteran. It's not like he's a newbie. He's been a veteran in the business. I just don't know what happens with him, and then I don't try to bring in the the politics of him, but I don't, I don't know what happens. But Elias needs to get pushed. Mm-hmm. Elias, you know, I think his gimmick might have been holding him back towards the later the later years, you know, like he'd kind of done everything with it. And it almost seemed like they're starting to get away from that. Like he's got new music. It's not even him singing. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, and he didn't come out with the guitar. So I wonder if they're, they're dropping that and kind of transitioning him into, you know, a, well, a more serious character. Well, to be fair, he has been in a constant state of evolution with this character ever since he started at the performance yeah. center. My actually earlier we were talking about Vincent Performance Center. My first time ever stepping into the performance center was going down there uh doing some stuff, but I, I made a point to interview with him. Again, he just left Pittsburgh and you know, you know, local guy made good. And you know, when he started there, he was the drifter. It was all about right. being this drifter, this this you know, this this nomad. And then that evolved into you know, Dusty Rhodes discovering that he had actual musical talent. All right, let's let's make this less about just being, you know, a nomad living off the land. Right. <laughs> let's 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 put the music into this. So the the it's always been a constant state of evolution. So I'm not surprised, Raj, to see them again. Okay, let's drop the guitar. Let's move the music over. But there needs to be at some point a like an agreement of we're going with this guy. Mm-hmm. They've yeah. again. The guys had mania moments with Cena and Taker. I can't say that enough. Twice, who, right? <laughs> who else can say that in the last ten years? If your name's yeah. not 
Brock Lesnar or the like. I mean, the Rock. Like, so that's just baffling to me. And he's remained healthy. He hasn't wound up on TMZ. He's pretty well liked backstage. <laughs> like, right. come on now. I mean, he's got the look, and I, you know, I'm originally from the Seattle area, so maybe I take it a little too personally. But I just remember that crowd oh, that yeah. when they just nearly tore the building down, booing him for uh, what he was doing on the microphone. I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's one of those guys that I always say, if you don't watch wrestling, but you turn it on and he comes out and he says something or does something, you're like, that guy, he's, he's eye-catching. He gets, he gets your attention. So Exactly. You, yeah. can send him, you can send him on Fallon. He'd entertain you for 10 straight minutes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I, I think as far as Riker goes, too, I, I guess I feel like there's a place for him. I feel like he, he kind of reminds me a bit of like a Ken Shamrock in that like maybe he's not going to cut big, long promos and things like that. But he looks intense. He looks scary. He's got some amazing thighs. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know. I think there's a place for him. I, I mean, he's a big jacked up dude, so he, uh, I'm yeah. sure he'll get some, some opportunities. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, his promos are definitely not a strong spot. Yeah. Mostly the thighs, though. <laughs> uh, uh, Stephen, and, and I'm pro- sorry if I mispronounced your last name. Stephen Marcacelli. Marcacelli? He's a regular. Uh, could Alistair Black be brought back? Um, I mean, I think he's great. I'd like to see him back. but yeah, I mean, look at Samoa Joe. He absolutely could be brought back. And there was talk that... Uh, they were regretting that decision. There are people up there that that do want it back. So, um, I could I could see it. I mean, the the word of, uh, from the Observer a while ago was that he people expect him in AEW. So clearly AEW has an interest in him. But um, you know, if they sign Thea Trinidad, if WWE picks up Thea Trinidad too, uh, then I could I could see him uh, going back. So we'll see. Yeah, I I think he should be he'd be great. Anywhere, uh, Zook Enigma says we should have got Lashley versus the Fiend somewhere. I could see why someone would want that, but I just look back at the track record of the Fiend, <laughs> and I don't know if I would have wanted that for Bobby it, Lashley. It won't do him any favors. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I think on paper it's a cool idea. I just I don't know. It, it doesn't really feel like it works out very often. Um, Let's get to the main event. Let's get to this the way we closed out this show. We got uh, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles versus Riddle. I thought this was an amazing main event. I loved it. Uh, Raj, I'm going to say I think tonight was kind of a coming out party of sorts for Riddle. To me, he just felt bona fide in every way. He was funny. He was good on the microphone. He was entertaining. I was really rooting for him in this match. I'm behind him all the way. I feel like crowds are going to be the same way. Is, is Riddle bona fide at this point? Um, I mean, he is making he has made the most of this opportunity the last couple months. Uh, you know, at WrestleMania, it looked like it, it wasn't looking good for him. Like they kind of had had him lose to Sheamus the title in a nothing match. He wasn't supposed to win the title in the first place. Um, and then, yeah, he got killed by Lashley the next night on Raw. So it, it, his career t- trajectory wasn't looking that great. And then uh, I feel like it's really turned around. You know, this RK Bro thing has been doing great for him. And, um, yeah, it does feel like he's their first younger star that they've made in a while. Yeah, they seem to be invested in him. And the fact that he's in a storyline with Randy Orton, who has uh, as much say as anybody in the locker room, uh, it seems to be going well. Obviously, a true 
telltale sign will be the moment when they finally have the Randy versus Riddle match, whenever that is, a month from now, three months from now, six months from now, Mania. And if that goes as well as you hope it goes, you know, Randy Orton has that fast pass to walk into Vince's office and can say, yeah, go ahead. This this kid's the guy. Yeah, I was going to say SummerSlam, but one thing one thing that's going to be interesting with SummerSlam is that it's in a stadium. So just inherently, like, the entrances and everything take longer. And they're supposed to be out of there before the Pacquiao fight. Like, they told the uh, the arena, the stadium, that they'd be... They'd be out to give people enough time to go to the fight or go to a casino so they could watch the fight. Um, so that's only about a three-hour pay-per-view. So three hours in a stadium, um, you know. Tighter card. Keep it to six yeah. matches. Yeah. Six, seven matches. Also, yeah. I think with spectacle, too, things like SummerSlam, we're there to see the entrances and the guys like – I get as wrestling fans, we like to see these big classics, but if we do get John Cena versus Roman Reigns, we don't need it to be 45 minutes. You right. know, we could just watch them hit their big moves, cheer, you know, then see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, big fireworks, hit their big moves, cheer, boo. I don't think, it need, I don't think they need a lot of classics on this one, really. Kind of like Andre Hogan wasn't a classic, but it's still a, a classic because of the, the spectacle of it all. All right. Well, um, well, if it's Brock versus Lashley, I mean, you're going to be under. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's under, not going to be a 20 minute match. Yeah, you're gonna be under, <laughs> no. under 10 minutes easily. Uh, uh, and then Jax says, "Sorry, missed a bit of the pod. Did y'all bring up Del Rio yet? No, no we so did not. Del Rio, he did an interview um, and just said he he feels bad. He he wants to come back to WWE. You know, like finish his career there. Um, I don't see that happening. <laughs> um, no. But he says he's interested in going back to WWE. And and in that interview too, he's like he's interested in. Correct me if I'm rush. He goes, "I'm interested in coming back. I'd also be open to a Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> like, yeah. Go, yeah. go go close your legal yeah. problems. Yeah. Like get, get the hell out of here. I know we all deserve second and third yeah. chances. None of us are perfect. We've all had." Uh, a day we regret but i think you've had a couple more days than i that you regret. Yeah. just just, just well, shut up i just want to put it on record that i for one would be okay with a hall of fame induction as well yeah. <laughs> so if they're giving them out uh I, i'd be okay with that wwe if you want to yeah. put me in there as well we'll let them know uh, uh one thing that I, and just I'll, I'll send this one to you i legit booed to myself when drew won this match to get into the the money in the bank match is this a problem for drew i feel like i was i definitely definitely was like oh i groaned at him winning is that just me or is that do you think that's a broader feeling amongst people well i mean i think it's a broader and i again i, I think drew i mean drew looks the part the entrance has been enhanced we talked about earlier from nxt back to him back to you know now with the the, the music and the sword and everything on the stage i mean drew's got it all uh, drew unfortunately to no fault of his own he, he was the guy that had to carry the pandemic on his back he really i mean you know dating back to the mania in 2020 when you know they had two weeks to scramble and two in the performance center um he's unfortunately just been the victim of that and he probably needs some time away from any any kind of main event picture 
I'm not saying take him off TV. Uh, you know, you know, like I said, I'm going to talk to him this Thursday, find some things to do with him that could be interesting, elevate gender, find some other stories. But yeah, I, he just uh, he, there needs to be time away. I, the 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 Drew at the top of the card involved in the title picture as champion or chasing has ran its course. I think he would probably even say that to an extent. You know, and it's all because he put in the grunt work of doing what nobody wants to do, which is, hey, you're going to work the next 365 days, you're going to carry the title, but you're going to do it in front of an empty house, you know? And so Mm -hmm. unfortunate situation. Yeah. And I got to say, man, these promos that they're giving him lately where he's doing this historical readings and, you know, uh, talking about, you know, the King of Scotland when he came out to fight with the British or, you know, whatever it was. And it, it, those aren't helping at all. Like it's just as soon as he starts going, I'm just I just get zoned out. Like I'm just not paying attention. Yeah, it it feels very almost like they're trying to make a kids show. They always talk about how it's, it seems like towards kids. And I always think, what kid is excited about history class? <laughs> I, I don't know any kid who's like, man, I wish people would tell me more about old times. All right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't feel like Twitch has a whole lot of like old history channel stuff on it that is blowing up right now or yeah. TikTok or whatever. But it's called drunk history, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he was drunk, it'd be different. Uh, but again, I like Drew McIntyre. I've actually I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. I think to your point, Justin, though, you, you kind of nailed it. I, I'm kind of over just him in this situation. I want to see him do some other things that aren't just, I want to be the champion. Yeah. And you know, it's going to be really telling when crowds are back. Cause who knows, maybe he is super over still, you know, with the, with the crowd, you know, like at WrestleMania, I think a lot of people thought he might get booed or Roman might get cheered. Neither of those things happened. So, um, yeah. Who knows? He he might be over and might, but I'm I'm with you guys right now. His character has gotten a little stale. Uh, but let's wait till fans are back. You can always turn him heel. You know, give him that edge again. Turn him heel. Uh, have him against. Gosh, who who is like a top babyface right now? They don't really have many. Well, Not you're, really. You're, you're, building, <laughs> yeah. you're building Riddle. You have Orton there. I mean, you know. It, yeah. If you you could always bring Daniel Bryan back. Well, you know, if he's they find a way to get him back or if you uh you know if you have him team with ginger first and have him team up against uh rk bro i think that'd be a way to to do that yeah. uh but i don't have the booking pencil anymore <laughs> Justin took that Ginger ginger's got his own little i don't know why they got rid of the bollywood boys and went well i i know why i mean veer is a huge guy and shanky is even even bigger but i felt like yeah. they had more he had more chemistry with the bollywood boys Hollywood boys are great. They were great. Yeah, yeah. The lots of lots of lots of people that are great uh, over at WWE and that uh, aren't with WWE right now. But um, I think that kind of does it for us. I think we wrapped it up. I think we got it all in there. Uh, chat, let me know if we missed anything. But uh, there was that one spot where Riddle kicked the kicked the steps and had to be taken to the back. I almost oh, yeah. thought that he was going to win because of that spot because you knew he was going to be coming back out. So that seemed yeah. like it was programmed for him to come back and get the get the win. But they went the other way and that still had just Drew beat him. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. I thought he was going to come back, but I thought he was going to come back sneaky like Randy Orton and like sneak oh, in. Like RKO not- out of nowhere? Yeah, I thought he was going <laughs> to do that. But uh, so, yeah, I agree. I missed that. I, I forgot to mention that. But, yeah, I thought that was that was something that was going to happen. Yeah, or or uh, Riddle should have came out for that triple threat. Two Orton's music, 
to yeah. his pyro yeah. to everything. They should like full on, you know, put an RK, you know, an RKO shirt on him, like. Yeah. Hey, he, he, the the zip up with the cut off sleeves. He should have yeah. walked out in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would have been that would have been fun, but uh, uh, but it is what it is. I think. Um, I, I think it's it's I, I think the main event ended okay, really, just because I think obviously Orton and Riddle already got stuff going on. I don't think anyone thought that AJ was going to uh to win this one because he's obviously already got his things going on. But um yeah, that does it for us. Uh obviously make sure to tune in to the NXT after show here on Wrestling Inc. tomorrow, AEW on Wednesday, um, and then Friday SmackDown, and of course all week check it out for all of your wrestling news. Uh, but before we go, uh, Justin, where can the world find you online? Uh, at Justin Labar on social media. Uh, I'll be back Wednesday night after AEW Dynamite. I'll be on Busted Open Radio as I am every Friday morning, 10 a.m. with Dave LaGreca and Mark Henry. And, of course, July 9th, Ross Draper, Pennsylvania, back uh, managing Spencer, Splay, Spencer Slade, an All-American, All-American, born deaf, better than all of you, born deaf, All-American, Bachelors, Masters, can do it all. Season and opportunity. Main event against Big Cass. Yeah, Big Cass. Everybody, you know, gets the gets to you know float around off that off that WWE tout. Big Cass. Well, Spencer Slade's going to out wrestle him, and you can't teach that. Come watch it. Ross Draver, PA, a joint show between Northeast Wrestling and IWC Wrestling. Go to my Twitter account. Uh, a few tickets are still remaining. They just released a few more. So. Yeah, if you're in the area, definitely check that out. That sounds like a great show to go see. Uh, and then, Raj, anything you want to add before we sign off for the day? No, just keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. We're finally, it's like now with all the preemptions done, we're getting back to normal. And this is like the hot stretch now with crowds coming back, the big build of SummerSlam. Uh, we got uh, All Out coming out. So, um, yeah, man, this is, uh, is going to be a fun period. The WrestleMania season gets all the love, but summer in wrestling is always a fun time as well. So it's lots of stuff picking up. As you said, everyone should definitely be following Wrestling Inc. on social media and checking them out for all the latest news and tidbits. Uh, I'm Jack Farmer. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. That does it for us. Uh, see you guys tomorrow on the NXT After Show.